We are ready to go in week two here at this Iowa high school football matchup. A 3A versus 3A squad. North Polk, the Comets, taking on the Grinnell Tigers. Jacob Elliott will be kicking off for North Polk. He had three kickoffs last week for 115 yards. He didn't have a touchback. He'll try to do that this week. And we are off and running. Cole McGriff gets underneath of it at about the five yard line. He'll come near sideline, gets a good block. Breaks a few tackles and here we go. Cole McGriff heads to the sidelines. He gets a good block. No one catching him. On the opening kickoff from a fumble to a touchdown, Grinnell takes the lead. Welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast number 19. Things are trucking right along here. We have a pretty busy show this week. Blake and I are going to sit down and review the past week's football game. I'm going to have a sports recap for you, and then we're going to look at next week's games and give our pickums on what the schedule is going to roll out to be and who we think the winners and the losers are going to end up. So sit back and welcome, and thank you for joining us again. Let's get started. All right, let's take a quick look at the past sports from the Grinnell High School. On Tuesday, September 3rd, the Grinnell the volleyball team fell to Oskaloosa, three sets to zero. Leaders on the night for serving was Lauren Bolte with eight and eight, Abby Furness, six and six, Katie Witt, eight for nine with one ace, Lexi Schaefer, three for three. Serve receive leaders were Lauren Bolte and Ella McAlexander. The dig leaders for the night were Lauren Bolte and Izzy Redding. Hitting leaders were Lexi Schaefer, 9 for 10, with two kills, and Daisy Harris, 16 for 23, with six kills. Assists for the night go to Katie Witt with five, and Abby Furness with three. Blocks coming in for the night was Daisy Harris with one solo block and one assist, and Lexi Schaefer with, looks like, two block assists. So that's for the girls' varsity that was on Tuesday night versus Oskaloosa. <clears throat> also Tuesday night, the girls' swimming team hosted another swim meet at the Grinnell College. They came in with a second-place finish of 23 points. Top leaders for the night was Sydney Miller, Miller excuse me, Sydney Miller, uh, in the 53 third place with a personal best of 29.03, uh, and then 100 breasts with a personal Best time, two seconds time drop. LZ Eisen with the 50 free with a five second drop. That's a personal best for her. Hannah Gus in the 50 free with a 29.49. That's a personal best for her. Trista Thompson got a second place in diving with a new high score of 144. Maddie Davis scored a third place in the 100 fly with a time of 121.28. And that's a two second time drop on her personal best. Melin Pavey, she was a third place in the 500 free. She dropped seven seconds from her race at the last meet, so quite the improvement there for Melin. Ellie Durr, she dropped four seconds on the 100 back with a personal best of 133. Isla Berman with a 100 breast dropped six seconds on her personal best with a 146.10. Hannah Gus with a 100 breast, uh, she got a third place at a 124.98. In the medley relays for 200, the girls got a second place of a 
2.19.72, and that consisted of Emily Small, Sydney Miller, Madeline Davis, and Hannah Gus. And then the 200 free relay, the girls are in a second place with a 2.00.45, and that consisted of Hannah Gus, Sydney Miller, Malin Pavey, Emily Small. And then in the 400 free medley, or excuse me, that's a relay, they also earned a second place finish with a 5.05.57. And that consists of Malin Pavey, Kaylee Hart, Ellie Durr, and Maddie Davis. So in and out the night, the final scores was Grinnell 65, Oscaloosa 33, Boone scored an 81 over Oscaloosa's 20, and then Boone scored a 79 over Grinnell's 23. So finished out the evening there. So lately there's been, I think this is the second or third swim meet at the Bear Complex. And then as I understand that they'll be going out on the road to swim meets as they come up in the future. Uh, also out there, the, uh, oh yes, there was one more swim meet. Sorry, I just lost my track here. So Thursday night, uh, the 5th, they're back at the Bear Complex uh, against Newton, Conrad, Pella, Monroe. And in that one, Ella Eisen in the 50 free, she dropped a personal record of uh, 34.46, dropping one second from the last time. Uh, Emily Small in the 50 free, she was a 27.97, so the fastest time of this season. Tristan Thompson, she earned a first place in personal high score, 153. So there keeps uh, the improvement keeps coming along in the swim team. Uh, Iris McKenzie in the 100 free, she scored uh, a time of 1.3005. So that's a two-second drop in her fastest time from last year. Our last time this year, Sydney Miller in the 100 free with a 105.04. That's a three-second drop in her personal time. So with that score, they come out in a third place. Uh, and that, again, was with uh, the team that consists of Newton, Conrad, Monroe, and Pella uh, versus Indianola. So that's a, a triangular meet, I guess you would say, a reference of golf, or not golf, and, yeah, and golf or and uh, track. So that is the, the recap from there. Last but not least, we'll do a recap uh, with the Grinnell Varsity Football so as we all know, we broadcast that game. That was a 30-7 win for the Tigers. All right, we're just about to get ready to get going into Grinnell's past weekend of uh, football action. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors at Poly Ice Pizza and Grinnell Mutual. Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow. Growing and innovating. So even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans that the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready, like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. Trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today. Hey there, I'm Joey Polyi, third generation owner of Polyi's in Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you... Everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Maiden and Broad Street. 
Alrighty, once again, thank you to our sponsors, Poly Eyes Pizza and Grinnell Mutual, for sponsoring the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast. Alrighty, so let's get into what Grinnell did Friday night. First of all, um, well, they took on North Polk, big game. Uh, I just wanted to give a shout-out to everyone who watched our uh, broadcast. Uh, record amount of views that we've ever had. Um, and, you know, I think we kind of expected, you know, a little bit bigger of a jump in viewership because of our sponsorship obligations and everything that we've hyped up this off season. Uh, but I, I myself, uh, and you and Craig seek, uh, I think our whole team small, but very thankful that everyone came out and watched. We had people sending you text messages from where they were watching. Poly ice pizza had it up in their restaurant. Um, that was really cool. And I think it really turned out well. Yeah, I do. I think the, the viewership, of not only Grinnell people, but I really believe the uh, viewership of North Polk kind of kicked in too. And what was really cool is as soon as that game was over, it was like the kids that were playing the game, they got 100% on YouTube and they were watching that game. And it was incredible of how the views just skyrocketed. I think when we went to bed, you and I watched it again, just to, kind of be critical on our own broadcasting skills. We went to bed at midnight and to turn around at midnight, I think it was 200 and some views and to wake up in the morning at 420 views. Yeah. And then we jump over to our website and see the views, uh, another 178 views that people that didn't even come off the website. They just watched it right on the website. So I think that we are, we're pleasing people and and giving them something that they don't necessarily get to see over and over and over again. And, you know, very thankful for our sponsors yes, out there. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to shout out to say that right now with uh, Joey Polly Eyes, West Finch Automotive, ASI Signs, Grinnell Mutual, Burning Loan Associates, Marlene Johnson, uh, Farm Bureau Financial Services. Okay. If if I happen to miss somebody, I'll I'll hit myself in the foot tomorrow after I listen to this back on the podcast. But that's those those people are the ones that made it possible, and I we're just forever grateful to that. So it, it helps us, gives everyone a better picture to see it. They help improve our sound system, uh, and and we even from Friday night we know we have improvements to make, and we're, we've already made them. So the next home game, people are going to see a difference. Continued improvement. All right, we'll take a look at how Grinnell did against North Polk. It was a good night, 30-7 to win over North Polk, who beat Grinnell by quite a big margin last year, 39-14, uh, to 14, I think was that final score. I can't be sure for sure, but uh, great night for Grinnell. You take a look at the stats, though, you wonder how in the world did Grinnell win this football game. Uh, it was mostly defense and running. Uh, so we'll start with quarterback play. Dallas had a pretty good week one. This week, they had him locked down. He went only made three passes on 13 attempts, 23% completion percentage, 53 yards, did throw his first pick. I think you can't expect you can't expect a freshman quarterback to put up 200 yards every single week. This is one of those weeks where I think Dallas really learned a lot, and you know he may have gone off the field and meant, thought, you know, I didn't really put that whole effort out there, but I still think he learned a lot, and I think this type of game will really help him down the road. I do too. Uh, that type of defense, which is basically designed as a, a prevent defense, meaning that 
just like Dallas experience, I have a clear open path to one person I'm throwing the ball to and then to turn around and have somebody within split seconds have coverage on him. Uh, and, and Grinnell was very, very lucky. There was a lot of times where the if a woulda, coulda, shoulda, I bet the North Pole coach was going nuts at all the, the missed opportunities on interceptions that either got dropped, hands on the ball, what have you. But as the night went on, you know, we, we noticed a couple things out of Dallas. He was now starting to be the director. Mm -hmm. So Dallas was the director and conductor of what was going on on that football field. And we hadn't seen that. Right, after the snap. I mean, for a young man to sit back and not complain, but yet say, no, you. he was pointing his fingers. He was, yeah. And, and telling his receivers where to go because he was now starting to recognize where the people were going to come and pick him off. That impressed me. Ah, I, I was I was very impressed when he first did it and he rolled out. So I th those are yeah, he he got beat up. I think he did get hit once got pretty hit, good. Yeah. So two games in a row, but as a young quarterback you learn that's why you want to scramble like crazy and but in the backfield, I know there were still a couple issues coming from the center. He had some high snaps, he had a one one I think one he, that went over. Yeah, yep. went over his head, he had to recover. Uh and you know, those will come. Those are all that's that's trying to get over the center and his daily snaps. And I think I actually I think they changed in the ball game. They might have. I so, I know. Yeah, I think it was a kind of a split between Max Lovell and Davis Hamilton and, and Chase Williams. And Chase I think Williams, end yeah. up so, in the end. So, uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, it's a learning experience night for Dallas. On paper, it doesn't look great, but in the game, it seemed like he was doing all the right things. Uh, we'll move to rushing, and obviously another, another great week. Wyatt Hunter, 18 rushing attempts, 214 yards, and three touchdowns. So they gave him, uh, I thought the original was 195, but I guess 214 is the final tally. Three TDs, that puts his uh, numbers up to 70 at a 64-yard long touchdown. The thing that I am noticing about Wyatt is the gaps weren't as big as they were on Friday night that they were you know, against Mid-Prairie. He made sure he ran through people. Uh, his last touchdown, he not only trucked over, broke tackles, but he then outran the safety. I just, it's truly remarkable what a running back we have here. He's getting the bulk of the carries, which, you know, you ought to expect. I don't know how many times I, he went out for a little bit when he went down on a defensive play. But, I mean, my goodness, this is one of the best runners in 3A, and I don't think there's a question about it. I, I agree 100%. I, his explosiveness and his size is, I don't know if people, they misjudge him. They do not know that he has a kick-in speed. Yeah. And and it is a kick-in speed. He hits fourth gear once he gets to that secondary. He is gone. So, you know, one thing we talked about going into the game is what, what was unique about this defense opposed to last week's defense and actually go all the way back to when they played City High, and Coach Souser made this comment Friday in Tiger Talk that their third game, four-man front. So for the offensive line, there was really nothing new for them, maybe a shift right or left, but there was no new blocking schematics. And and for uh, Wyatt, his his game was get through the blocking line and you only have two linebackers, which hole are they going to be in? And then it's the 10-yard or 15-yard that he has to be the, the sprinter. 
because once he gets past that 15-yard mark, it's can he make a move on the safety that's coming up? And he made some moves on the safeties. I was, and they weren't straight up the middle. It, no matter where he went, he had the ability to take a pick and at least get an extra two or three yards. There, there's no small safety that's going to come up and, and get a hit on him no. like we see in college football. No. So that, and, you know, to that offensive line, if you go back and watch the video, and I've watched it two or three times now for other reasons, but our line blocking on execution, they block until the whistle blows. Yeah. And that is the biggest thing because so many people say, well, I'm not going to pick on Dodge as of his blocking because his blocking is excellent. But if you go back and watch Dodge Souser block, he blocks until the whistle. The play may be the right side. Dodge ends up with the guy all the way over here on the left side of the field. Right. The kid gets up mad. And, you know, the same thing with the rest of the line. You see him five and ten yards off, and they're still with their guy. They, they may be right standing at him that he's not going to go anywhere. But that is the difference of making advancement. If you could get the line out of the way, your runners are automatically going to get two to three to four yards per carry. And it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out you only need four downs at three yards and you're getting first downs a lot. Right. Now, the first down statistic, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so <laughs> I think Grinnell, I think, I don't, don't quote me, but I think it was four or three or four, maybe five first downs all game. And we won 30 to seven. That's something you see in like the big 12. You don't see that here in Iowa, especially when it's ground to pound. Because Grinnell's scores didn't come off quick little, you know, short bursts. Grinnell has only had, like, a score inside the red zone probably not, not that many times. Like Grinnell's scores this year have come from 20 yards out. Uh, it was very sloppy. It wasn't pretty football. And, you know, when we talked to Souser after the game, uh, he said, he was like, you know, it win's a win. But you could just tell that it was a 23-point win but it felt like we only won by seven. It was just one of those type of games. Uh, and the first down's obviously a big thing. Uh, we obviously had three on the air. We know that. Dallas had his three receptions. A.J. Wilkins caught the ball twice, one on a slant route, one on a crazy catch near the far sidelines that we really couldn't see. But uh, he had 35 yards. Owen had a catch for 18 yards. I'm waiting for Owen's breakout game because it seems like he's a high target. But, man, Dallas just it it seemed like they had Owen locked down. Yeah, I I think a lot of it is his size. He's and when you have five people to cover the the pass game, you know Owen's not a short pass game. He's typically looked at as that flag route or a post route running up the field. So that that always makes it a little bit difficult. But you know, one thing that you have to kind of look at is the penalties that we had off of our receiving core. You know, A.J. Wilkins had a 35-yarder that was brought back yeah. because they said he pushed off. He went face-to-face and pushed off. Uh, there again, I watched the video, and I've seen it twice, and it's so arguable of what, which one they're going because yeah. the defensive player, they were fighting back and forth. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, that's arguable. But, again, as – you know, coaches made the comment, we can't play off of what the yellow flag flew on. we got to play off of what doesn't get flagged, and you just play on. But I, I guarantee that 
there there was not happiness on the sideline oh, yeah, when we yeah. looked across because it was only, it was about five yards from the end of the the coaching box mm-hmm. when that happened. Yeah, uh, scoring leaders I guess for Grinnell, Kyle Dillon had two extra points and a two point conversion. That was pretty cool because there was a false start I believe or something, so they moved it up and Grinnell just said, you know what. We're just gonna go for two. Kyle then was able to run it in. Shout out to Cole McGriff. What a you can't write a better storybook opening. Uh, fumbling the opening kick last week. Obviously it wasn't him, but a rough start this week. They open it back for six. That was an amazing start. It got the crowd immediately going. Got the sideline going. So shout out to Cole McGriff getting well, the speed. And, and overall, I would give I would give special team play an A plus oh, all yeah, the way across. Yeah. Punting was uh, phenomenal. Uh, our our punt coverage was great. Our uh, kickoff coverage was great. You know, my my player of the game for special teams is Mateus Durr. Yeah. Right? That that man was on the field and he was racking havoc to anyone who was trying to return the ball. And that's, you know, and like I said, he he played a good game of defense too. But he is definitely he was my standout special teams player. First one on the ball and and making a presence out there on kickoffs and punt returns. So hats off to him and same as Kyle. Um, you know, not too many times that a team could pull off two two-point conversions in the same game. And, you know, Grinnell just had it in the in the books Friday night. And they both of them were, you know, Cole's two-point conversion, it, it kind of looked iffy, but, you know, he was in real clear. Kyle had to work for his. He, oh, yeah. he put his shoulder down yeah. and – he muscled in that one, but again, that just shows the diversity of what this team could do. Uh, because I'm sure that everyone thinks the first thing they're going to do is turn around, and hand the ball to Wyatt, and let him power through. We do have people in other positions that have the ability to move that ball, and, and I think that's going to be a, a huge benefit as we move forward. We're going on defense now. Uh, numbers were better defensively. Logan Estelle had nine tackles. Uh, Eli Rose had ten and a half, and you might as well just give the game the MVP of the game, offensive and defensively, to Wyatt Hunter. Six solo tackles, nine tackle assists, ten and a half total tackles. Two of them were for loss, and those were both sacks. He had two sacks on the game. The linebacker in him is just as good as the running back in him. Also, shout out to Preston Dodd with sat one sack on the night. I believe that is his third of the season or fourth of the season. Kyle Dillon had a sack. Uh, Trey Goldman got in the backfield. Eli Rose got in the backfield. It was just a big night defensively. And if Grinnell wants to keep competitive, you have to have defensive nights like you just did. Yeah, and, you know, the ability to rotate those players out so they're not getting exhausted. Uh, I, Unless I was missing it, I didn't see hardly anyone with their hands on their hips grasping for air. Yeah, I, I'm sure, you know, a little fatigue sets in, but the rotation – on that defensive line, you know, Mateus was in there, and they'd rotate Cam Stevenson's out. They'd rotate Dodge Souser in there. So it was a good balance of keeping the players fresh. But, you know, I, I agree that Wyatt, Wyatt had a great game, defense and offense. Preston Dodge, I was very impressed with his ability to pursue the ball. Uh, and same with uh, Trey Goldman. Yeah. Trey also had really good pursuit in there. Uh, Mateus, same thing as on the, the kicks and punt returns. He just fills a hole that they cannot run around. Yeah. It. 
Uh, so that that's pretty impressive from that standpoint. I, all in all, the game was for not being having first downs or rushing. I mean, it was uh, still very it, it was still very and good. I want to give credit to North Polk. They played a good game. I mean, it, there was never a point where I thought Grinnell has this in the bag. Um, I want to I want to give a big shout out to AJ and Parker, the two main DBs that guarded Sal Capaldo. Sal Capaldo, if you didn't know, coming into the game had 170 yards and like two touchdowns last week, two weeks ago against Nevada. Uh, he was the one that caught the acrobatic touchdown in the end zone. Uh, you're not going to play a better wide receiver than him. He was absolutely incredible, and those two did a phenomenal job holding him back. So, uh, yeah, the, and the, you know what I like about that defensive backfield is is they all work well together. Um, that one time that Parker he come up. He about intercepted the ball yeah, on the far yeah, side of the close. field. And the only way he was able to do that is because A.J. is either A.J. or Logan Estelle had his back of the man. So when you take and you can sandwich some way, put the front guy up and focus on the ball, the back guy say, well, if it goes over his head, you could get that tackle, you're you're in good shape. And, and Parker was, oh, my goodness, so close to taking that ball and, and having a good interception many times. Uh, Owen Coppin, that big old hand sticking his arm up, that you know he would be in as a second man coverage and have the ability to come across there and j- get just enough of a hand there to knock that ball down. And even if it, if it would have went, it, we had great coverage on the backside. So I really like how they do this bottom top coverage, and it just it helps them out. It gives them ability. And that's probably why we intercepted the ball so much. Yeah, against Mid-Prairie. Against yeah. Mid-Prairie is when you have that coverage. All right, we'll move on to the next team. Uh, we get to talk. We got to talk about Grinnell. Not only that they were, you know, our team. Uh, they are also uh, tied, three-way tie for the top team in 3A-7. And uh, we got some big news when I talk about the rankings earlier in terms of the Grinnell Tigers. There's your spoiler. We'll talk about Knoxville. I'm telling you what, this Knoxville team is not that bad. They took on Seidel. Granted, Seidel is technically one of the worst teams in the state. Uh, but they took on Seidel, got a 56 to nothing win. Uh, Kieran Nichols was a perfect 5 for 5, 84 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Keegan Cox, the junior, had 107 yards on the ground. Kieran Nichols, he had 111. Ben Olson had 33. Brady Pearson had 53. Uh, Kieran Nichols had three touchdowns. Cox had two touchdowns. Uh, overall, really good night for Knoxville. We're not going to spend too much time talking about uh, each um, team and what uh, went on, but I just wanted to say that Knoxville had a really good game against Saydell. We'll talk about who they play once I go over that here in a little bit. But overall, good week for Knoxville. Moving on to Pella, you know, we, we had doubts. We had doubts about Pella. I'm not really sure why I ever doubted them, so I guess the motto should be never doubt the Dutch. They went to Mount Pleasant, who are a top 10 ranked opponent, and Pella really didn't care that they only won 14-0 against DCG. Uh, because they went out and won 55-20. to 20. Uh, Ryan Mace, their junior quarterback, threw for 263 yards and two touchdowns. Nolan Clayberg, the sophomore, ran for 111 yards. And Aaron Downs, their number one player, the junior, had four touchdowns on 135 yards. So uh, safe to say Pella is the team that we thought they were. I, 
I don't think we can ever doubt oh, the no. Green Dutch. No. It, I don't <laughs> think we can do that either. Um, it's always interesting, though, that with with the scores we see in Game One or Week One, how crazy they how change. crazy. I think it's coaches either playing with their setups, figuring out where they're going to go. You know, did they have some? Maybe they thought they they could go easy at it and and play around with those different you know positions, but they're, they got something figured yeah, out. Yeah, they did. Uh, we're going on to Newton. Newton, in my opinion, was the most overrated team after week one. Uh, they kind of came back down to earth. They only beat Boone 19-13, to and Boone is not a very good football team this year. Uh, they got that win on the road, which, you know, good for Newton. They are now the number one rushing team in 3A-7. They have 353 yards over the course of the season. They have a ton of runners, just consistent. 52 yards, 73 yards, 79 yards, 68 yards, all over the board. Uh, Kyle Long, their senior, went 9 for 14 on 153 yards with two touchdowns and one interception. Uh, this Newton team, I think, is just going to be one of those coin toss teams that you never really know what's going to happen. Um, again, we'll get to who they play here in a little bit. Oskaloosa is 1-1. One and one. Um, Again, I don't really know what to say about Oskaloosa. They beat Pella Christian, who has not really turned out who they thought they were. And then they go to Washington and get absolutely smoked. 62-12 to was the final score. Uh, William Schultz had 183 yards but had a pick with two touchdowns. And then they also put in Keaton Flattery, who uh, 11 yards, one interception. And their rushing was not that good. I think Oskaloosa's quarterback troubles might follow them throughout the entire season. Yeah, it's you know there again we've seen off. <laughs> I've seen Oskaloosa start out. I was gonna say rough and tough, and and hit rock bottom, and then other sides just like you know we'll, we'll just have to see how this plays out. Uh, the bad thing is, is anytime you have such a blowout like that, it gives a huge false impression to some of the other teams that are gonna go in and play them. So you you have to honor what they used to be like in. You know, that is, that's point one. I think any coach in the system would say that no matter if a team has come in with zero losses or a team that's come in with all losses, you have to honor them. And you're going to scout them and you're going to figure out what what went wrong. And, you know, the good football coaches say they screwed up here and we need to take advantage of that. And that's, that's the game of football. Yeah. Uh, hopefully – yeah, that bad luck carries out. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Um, and then the last team we got to talk about, we got to talk about South Tama. They took on Independence and lost 61 to 14. But the only plus side I can think is that South Tama only scored seven in Week One. They scored 14 this week. I can't give you any stats because South Tama did not put anything in quick stats on uh, this past week. Um, so there is nothing on the quick stats page. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really know what to say about South Tama. Let's just say I'm holding out. They're going to win a game, but I think it's going to be – there's going to be improvement on the horizon, and we really look forward to that. Um, so you, let's take a quick uh, break and listen to our word from our sponsors, Grinnell Mutual and Poly Eyes, and then we'll get back for our picks and stuff for the next week's games. Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow, growing and innovating. So even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready, like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. 
trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today. Hey there, I'm Joey Pauliai, third generation owner of Pauliai's and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Maiden and Broad Street. Alrighty, once again, thank you to our sponsors, Polly Ice Pizza and Grinnell Mutual, for sponsoring the Tiger Sports Live Stream Network podcast. Let's talk about the games that are coming up next week. My dad and I will give our picks for these games. Uh, we didn't give picks last week, I don't think, but I heard from a few people they wanted us to give some picks, so I think we're going to give some picks. Um, we'll start with Grinnell. Grinnell heads to ADM to take on the Tigers, but do not get the colors matched. ADM's Tigers are like a reddish black which, you know, dream scenario for me. But ADM 1-1, one one, Grinnell 2-0. and oh. uh, Guess what? For the first time since 2013, Grinnell is not only 2-0. and oh, Grinnell is in the top 25 in 3A standings. They are ranked 17th. Uh, it's just a number, like I said on Twitter. I don't want it to get to the players' heads. I'm just pointing it out there. I mean, that's really cool for Grinnell, and they deserve it. Well, for the sports writers, I think that just shows a little respect. Yeah. And uh, that respect level is due. I mean, this is probably the first time in four years that we've been doing football that we've seen something that's a consistent improvement. Right. And I think that good for them. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm proud to say that our team has that ranking, and, and I think they did due diligence to get that ranking and they will continue to go forward. I don't think there's anyone on this team that's going to let it go to their head. No. And, you know, for those who played against ADM last year, I think they are, they're ready to come out yeah. and play football. Against uh, them. Speaking of ADM. So they're one, uh, the, they won last week. They took on Perry, nothing against Perry, but statistically they are the worst team in the state of Iowa. Uh, ADM won, I think, 71-6. to six. Uh, So don't let that score scare you. Uh, ADM is a really good football team. They are they get received votes. Technically, they are ranked 26, so they just missed the top 25. This is going to be a really good battle Friday night. I'm going to be at the game. You're going to be at the game. I'll be on the sideline filming. You'll be in the, on the uh, booth. Or you'll be in, not in the booth. You'll be in the stands watching. Uh, does it really matter if we pick this game? I think Grinnell will win. I think it's going to be close, and I it might get chippy considering last year's contest, but I think Grinnell pulls it out by at least seven. I'm going to be a little bit more gracious. I think we're going to we're going to take them on two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Do you think it's an early success or do you think it's a late success? You know, I think there's there's a couple things that have happened. So we we saw a slow start in the first game. Coach Souser said that specifically, Blake, when you asked the question, we got to get better starts. Mm -hmm. So we had a better start, and now, now we just need a bookend. Right. So I think as the coaching staff tries to work and put things together, to, I think the game coming up Friday night is going to be a bookend. We're going to see a good start. We're going to see a solid second and third quarter. And we're going to add a fourth quarter play and have a solid football game. 
because that is what it's going to take to continue down this season. Can you play a game just like you played last week? Heck yes. And you're going to win ball games? Heck yes. But it's going to focus a lot of concentration on one side of the ball or the other. Yeah. So it, if if Grinnell wins this Friday, I guarantee they will go undefeated in non-conference play. Um, so we're both taking Grinnell. They play ADM. Should be a really good game on Friday night. Next game, Knoxville taking on Centerville. They go to Centerville. Centerville is a 2A school, by the way. Um, both 2-0. Uh, there's not really much to say. Centerville's just outside the top 25 in 2A. Knoxville's just outside the top 25 in 3A. Knoxville's the better running school. Centerville's the better passing school. This is literally a toss-up. You probably don't know anything about either team. I'm going to give it to Centerville, though, only because they're at home, and Centerville has a really nice football stadium. I am. I'm going to counterdict you. I'm a, and this is simply just because at the game Friday night, I, we were talking a couple other people about upcoming schedules, and uh, a few of them feel that you know Knoxville has some players on there that have kind of improved. Karen Nichols is good. I'll so I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Knoxville a touchdown. Touchdown. Touchdown over center. It'd be a 3-0 and start for Knoxville, and considering they only won four games last year, Knoxville and Grinnell are having excellent seasons. I think there's nothing we can get past that. Uh, Newton taking on a Tumwa. Newton was 11th last week. They fell to 25th after their uh, win over Boone. Uh, Tumwa's a 4A school, so that could be a little bit interesting. I'm going to take Newton because it's at home, but a Tumwa being 4A does kind of make it a little uneven. Newton kind of has to win this game to kind of stay up with the hype that's generated. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to go with you that. I'm going to go Newton too. You know, I think Atumwa's coming into it one and yep, one. Yeah, one and one. Uh in last year and Atumwa only won two games. Yeah, they did struggle the whole last year. season. They were at the bottom of the 4A. So I I am with you. I'm going with Newton. Oskaloosa heads to Fairfield. The Trojans with an 0 and 2 start. Uh, Oskaloosa 1-1, one one, struggled at quarterback. They go to basically the same exact spot they played last week around that area. The quarterback play will be interesting. Fairfield likes to air out the ball a lot. Uh, I think they'll, this could be a high-scoring affair. I'm going to take Oskaloosa just because it's Oskaloosa, and again, anything can happen. But do not be surprised if Fairfield wins this game. I'm taking Fairfield. Fairfield. I could definitely see it. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. It's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna blow out. No, no. But I think I it'll think be, a, be another high scoring. And so I'm taking Fairfield. Big game, biggest game in 3A7. Pella takes on Norwalk. Pella two and zero, sixth in the 3A standings. Norwalk one and one, sixteenth in 3A standings. Uh, Norwalk has been a battle. Uh, previous years, this has been an incredible game. I'm going to give the Dutch the advantage because, again, they're at home. They haven't lost at home forever. Uh, I'm going to give Pella the advantage. I think it might be a 20-point game. I just feel like Norwalk, I don't know. Uh, Well, I'm going to go with Jan Pella on that one. I don't think Norwalk could walk into the land of the green and and be that successful. They haven't haven't won a ball game there in the last four years. Yeah, It's, it's been a long time. Uh, last game, number 20th ranked, Bondurant Farrar takes on South Tama. Uh, that's at South Tama, Bondurant ranked 20th in 3A. Uh, I'm going to go with Bondurant here. But I think, again, we see improvement from South Tama. 
And I'm going to take a wild prediction and say Peyton Vest rushes for more than 100 yards. Because Bondurant's defense, rushing defense, is not one of the best. Well, I, it, it's very tough for an old South Tama boy to throw <laughs> his team underneath the bus. But I, I'm picking for wins, so I think I'm going to go with Bondurant also. All right, you're going with Bondurant. So those are the games from uh, – or that will be on September 13th at 7.33 at District 7 play. Uh, if you want scores and stuff – uh, I'll have a post out probably that next. Well, never mind. It won't be that next morning because I'm going to Ames for college game day. So I will not be <laughs> like there won't be a recap video probably till Saturday night, maybe Sunday morning. Um, just letting you all know. So to wrap up the podcast, we'll talk about the top 10 uh, in the standings or 3A standings like we did last week. Uh, Lewis Central, number one, Cedar Rapids Xavier, number two, and Western Dubuque uh, stay all about the same. North Scott and Western Dubuque switch. Solon, number five. Pella jumps all the way up to sixth. Washington jumps to seventh. Sergeant Bluff Lutton sits in eighth. Creston, welcome to the top ten. They sit in ninth. And Dallas Center Grimes, who we thought was just going to be absolutely terrible, is 11th. A uh, few other notables. Uh, Norwalk, 16th. Grinnell, 17th. Mount Pleasant drops from 7th to 18th. Uh, Bondurant, 20th. Harlan, 23rd. Newton, 25th. And then, obviously, ADM just outside in 26. Would you think Grinnell had a better record than Harlan? When's the last time that's happened? <laughs> Crazier things. Crazier things. Uh, also, just kind of a follow-up of the past week, we did go to uh, the Tiger Talk, as we mentioned, on Friday night at game night. We videotaped it, but unfortunately, as we videotape, we have excellent sound footage from Coach Souser. But it is, it's really rough to get sound footage from the rest of the crowd. So what I'm going to do is I, I'm working on making basically a slide that has a caption across the bottom. And it'll pop up, tell you what the question was that was asked. And then Coach Souser will give the answer for you. We were going to try to incorporate some of that with the podcast, but it just didn't work out. So now I'm kind of back to the planning bench. Maybe we'll go without a microphone for coach souser and then that way the ambient speaker will pick up a little bit more of what the crowd has to say but all in all we'll get that figured out uh what i can say is let's put my little kick in for the grinnell football club if you haven't made time i strongly encourage you to get out to one of the friday night tiger talks at it starts at 11:45 is when the doors open at poly ice pizza uh, and, you know, proceeds, uh, the cost is $13 with tax. Uh, proceeds of that will go back to the Grinnell Tiger Football Club. Mark Copeland in that group is doing a, a wonderful thing. Last week they also announced, which was pretty cool, the first time a Tiger captain. So Owen Blankenfield was chosen as the Tiger captain for the football game. He got to choose his uh, number of his choice. And I think... Do you remember Alex Smith was the jersey, yep, yep. that number that he chose, so he got to be out on the field with the team. Really cool. You know, it, it's things like this that will make kids want to come. And, you know, I don't know what the process was of how they chose the kid captain, uh, but if you have any interest in that, reach out to Mark Copeland or someone in the Grinnell Tiger Football Club if you have a child or someone that's interested in that. But I think that's another thing that we could do to keep – the youth involved and you know I was out walking at the park tonight and the third and fourth grade flag football is going strong 
if you're out and about next Sunday or the next two Sundays, the 5th and 6th grade tackle football league is going to be over at T.T. Cranny Field. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on. And as, you know, sports boosters, as people of this community, I just encourage you to get out and follow them. You know, we what we do on the broadcasting is to give you a chance to go back and watch it over again or for those who are out of town to watch it live. But get in the stands and fill those stands. That's the best thing for mm-hmm. these kids to have that support out there. And if you want to send the video off to somebody so they can watch it that's not in state, that's great. But get out there and support them as much as you can. So there's my, my tag for, the, excuse me, the Grinnell Football Club. All righty. So that will pretty much wrap it up for this week's episode of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast. We appreciate everyone listening. Again, Grinnell is on the road this week at ADM, so we will not be broadcasting the game, but you should see a recap of it Saturday night or Sunday morning. I'm Blake Walker, Dan Walker. We appreciate everyone for listening. Have a great week, and go Tigers. This production is a copyright of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. Any use of this podcast or material from it is prohibited without the permission of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network.